Can we speak frankly? No, lie to me. Tell me how thrilled you are to know me. I always speak frankly. I hate people who say, can we speak frankly? That means they're bullshitting me the rest of the time. Welcome to the main event. It is too hot to sleep. Is anybody having that same problem? It's not even the heat. It's just my brain is too over overloaded. It's too hot to sleep. You know what? What's going on? There's so much stuff going on in the country, and I'm going, you know what? What's going on with all these uh, illegal aliens and the open borders? Why are we doing this? There's no logic to it. We're just letting people in. There's no logic to it. Why are we paying... Seven bucks, seven bucks a gallon for gas. There's no logic to it. We just decided to turn off, turn off the, uh, turn off the production, and maybe that makes the green people happy. But what's that going to lead to? You know, we're a little tiny percentage of the of the globe. We're not going to change any global warming if there even was global warming. <clears throat> and quite frankly, you know, uh, when it comes to global warming. Uh, anybody, uh, sleep all the way through Thursday night? Uh, I think this is like the end of April and it's uh, like a blizzard going on out there. It's raining and it's cold outside and the wind's blowing. Everything's going. I had a, I saw one of the people in Montana, uh, on one of the pages I'm, uh, uh, one of the Facebook pages saying, this isn't the 20th of April. It's the 96th of January cause it's still cold. It's crazy out there. It's too hot to sleep. Can't think. Can't think. Can't. Uh, can't. Can't. Can't turn my brain off at night because there's so much stuff going on. What is going on with the real estate market? People are just spending ridiculous amounts of money on on houses, and the interest rates are going up, and everybody's freaking out. They're going to miss out. Hey, there's a market cycle that goes on. Read my book and just chill. I use that uh I use that uh movie clip to open up that's a scene from Other People's Money which is uh in my opinion one of the greatest movies that everybody should watch cuz it gives you such clarity on on certain things like corporate takeovers and how corporations work and it makes it uh enjoyable and funny and it's uh quite an interesting movie so uh, even I tell some of my employees, if you haven't seen other people's money, you can't work here. You have to go home and watch it tonight. So, so you can see that and other people's money. I think it's, uh, 1989. So it's, uh, so it's available on, uh, prime and Netflix. It might even be free on some of those things. And, uh, it's, it's everywhere or just search it on, uh, on your cable thing. It's on, on occasionally. Um, so it's probably on demand. Um, but that, if you haven't seen it, that's required watching. And last week we were talking about well, Scott was on. Uh, Scott was on with me, and we were talking about uh, Twitter. How Elon Musk had uh, bought nine point two percent of Twitter stock, and they offered him a uh, a board member seat, and he declined it. 
And we were speculating because we recorded on Wednesday last week because Friday was Good Friday. So by Friday, by the, by the weekend, he'd he'd made an offer to buy the whole company. So uh, as soon as he made that offer, there's a uh, I see uh, the one of the royal family, one of the Saudi royal family who owns five percent of the stock in Twitter says, "I reject the offer." Well, you're five percent. You don't really make that decision. And then somebody else tweeted out, uh, "This is not Elon Musk. This is not your decision. This is, uh, belongs to the CEO." Sorry, the CEO of a company doesn't doesn't make those kind of decisions. They run the operations of a company to try and keep uh, stock stock uh, price up, and uh, so they make profit. and uh, And I I'm gonna I'm gonna play a clip from uh, other people's money. And in the scene, uh, uh, Danny DeVito, who's Larry the Liquidator, is trying is t- doing a, a takeover offer on a company called New England Wire and Cable. And right before he speaks to all the stockholders at the stockholder meeting, Gregory Peck, who's the president, goes on to tell him why, hey, you know, a company is more than just the share of it, uh, the price of its stock. It's the people. And these people, this is where we come to meet our friends. And this is where we come. And, you know, we have a responsibility in this company's been all uh is this is the reason why you shouldn't take this this offer to to sell your stock to this new guy and uh and here's the beginning of the prayer for the dead you just heard the prayer for the dead my fellow stockholders and you didn't say amen this company is dead i didn't kill it don't blame me it was dead when i got here it's too late for prayers For even if the prayers were answered and a miracle occurred and the yen did this and the dollar did that and the infrastructure did the other thing, we would still be dead. You know why? New technologies. Obsolescence. We're dead, all right. We're just not broke. And do you know the surest way to go broke? Keep getting an increasing share of a shrinking market. Down the tubes, slow but sure. You know, at one time, there must have been dozens of companies making buggy whips. And I'll bet the last company around was the one that made the best buggy whip you ever saw. Now, how would you have liked to have been a stockholder in that company? You know, now, how does this relate to Twitter? You know, getting an increasing share of a shrinking market. I think Twitter Twitter has has become less popular and maybe because the kids want to be on Instagram instead of uh, Facebook or Twitter. Uh, But maybe it's some some because we all know that Twitter is squelching out conservative uh, speech. Um, You know, we we know they cut off President Trump, but they left on the uh, Ayatollah of Iran. So what are they what you know, what is the what is this lack of freedom of speech? And, you know, you got all these. All these uh, all these tweets out there that you know are just coming out by by uh, nameless, faceless people that are that are just uh, tweeting out or posting on Facebook just to get reactions, just to start fights. And uh, and of course those are and of course some of them aren't even people; they're they're bots. So it's a computer program that's putting out this stuff just to create a, just to create confusion and uh, misinformation. So why is uh why is Elon Musk want want to do this? You know how do they make money on Twitter? Well, I know there's advertisements, but 
I don't see it as much on as I see on on Facebook. But maybe that's because I don't I don't go on Twitter as often as as I used to. But you know what? Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk says, "Hey, now you got multi, multi, multi billions. He's the richest guy on 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 in the world. Um, maybe he wants to take a stand. You know, why did Trump want to be president of the United States? Why does he want to run for reelection? Maybe he wants to make his life stand for something. And he's got as much money, and he's done everything else, and he wants to take a stand. Maybe Elon Musk wants to stand up for for free speech. You know, he's saying that he's gonna he's gonna look at the algorithms, and he's gonna stop the spam bots and all that stuff." Um, let's listen to the second part of that scene from Other People's Money. You invested in a business, and this business is dead. Let's have the intelligence, let's have the decency to sign the death certificate, collect the insurance, and invest in something with a future. But we can't, goes the prayer. We can't, because we have a responsibility. A responsibility to our employees, to our community, what will happen to them? I got two words for that. Who cares? Care about them? Why? They didn't care about you. They sucked you dry. You have no responsibility to them. For the last 10 years, this company bled your money. Did this community ever say, we know times are tough. We'll lower taxes, reduce water and sewer. Check it out. You're paying twice what you did 10 years ago. And our devoted employees who have taken no increases for the past three years are still making twice what they made 10 years ago. And our stock, one sixth what it was 10 years ago. Take the money, invest it somewhere else. Maybe, maybe you'll get lucky and it'll be used productively. And if it is, You'll create new jobs and provide a service for the economy. And God forbid, even make a few bucks for yourselves. See, these are the things that your standard stock investor, people that are that are uh, reading the Internet and going, hey, what should we invest in this week? And uh, all these kids that are doing this and uh, and thinking that they're financial geniuses. This is the these are the things that that real financial geniuses do to analyze companies and. I think this movie just makes it makes it clear how money's made, and it's uh, and you know when when people start saying ah oh, Elon Musk isn't going to be able to do this. Elon Musk is a smart guy. I'm sure he's taken all this stuff into account, and I'm sure he's wants to make a make a point with his life, and he wants to take a stand. And maybe he's saying, hey, you know what? I see what's going on in the world, and I don't like it, and I don't like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can to to make a change. You know what Steve Jobs said? Hey, the people that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that do. So anyway, I had to I had to uh, throw that in because it was uh, it was on the top of my mind, and I thought I'd throw that in the beginning of the show. But before I get into everything else that's going on in this country and my opinion of it, let me quickly introduce myself since I took so long in that in that opening. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager, Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and regardless of the craziness that's going on, there still are fantastic opportunities. 
If you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk about uh, whether you're whether you should be in the market, whether you are in the market, whether you want to buy a piece of property you'd like to own, whether you'd like to refinance a piece of property that you already own, or whether you'd like to uh, check out that fantastic uh, financing tool for people over 62 called a reverse mortgage, uh, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, If you want to hear something repeated uh, that I said on the show, uh, stay on edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes uh, slash Apple Podcasts where you can uh, subscribe for free, have it download to your computer, your phone, or your device, whatever you listen to podcasts on. Uh, every week, once uh, I record on Friday mornings, it'll we upload on Friday afternoon. It'll download to your device sometime there, shortly thereafter. Um, if you want to send me comments, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. And uh, I don't know what else I was supposed to put in. I forgot. But let's get on to what's going on this week in this country. So uh, on Monday, on Monday, the federal ju- uh, judge voided Biden's in- Biden administration's mask mandate on public transportation, including trains, planes, and automobiles. Oh, not automobiles, just trains and planes. Most of us were just happy that it happened. But if you're wondering how it happened, here it is. The CDC mandate had been set to expire a number of times, but recently extended to May 3rd. They want to keep the the COVID thing going on, so they keep extending it. But of course, then it gets to the point where the public has just had enough. We've had enough of the masks. We've had enough of the of the lockdowns. We've had enough of of the government telling us what to do, and we're just backed into a corner. We're done. Then we had Monday's ruling. It came across from U.S. District Court Judge Catherine Kimball Mazell, a Trump appointee in Florida federal court who ruled in the favor of the plaintiff, the plaintiff who is Health Freedom Defense Fund, one of the many groups suing Biden administration over COVID policies. Judge Mazell determined the mandate violated the Administrative Procedures Act in three ways, being outside the scope of the CDC's authority, being arbitrary and capricious, and three, not going through the required notice and comment period for federal rulemaking. Mazell also examined the section of the Public Health Services Act of 1944 that was the original basis for the mask mandate. Did any of us know that this whole thing was based on a law from 1944? I didn't. I don't think you did either. That law allows the CDC to enforce regulations necessary to prevent communicable diseases from foreign countries. The administration has claimed that the mandate falls under the part of the law that refers to sanitation. Judge Mazel noted that sanitation is a way to keep something clean in order to prevent infection. And she stated, wearing a mask cleans nothing. And of course, we know from the comments from uh, uh, the Lord God, Tony Fauci, the God of, of all things health, health and uh, health related, uh, that Hey, we know that cloth masks and even the the regular uh, masks that everybody wears, the little pleated things, that the holes in that mask are larger than what a, a virus needs to go through. So we shouldn't need to. So wearing them does nothing, and especially because of what uh, Jen Psaki said. You know, it takes 15, You have to be around someone for fifteen minutes before you can get infected. Anyway, 
Of course, that's what their their narrative was last week. Uh, Furthermore, she said the CDC's logic is flawed because the sanitation rule applies to property, not people. Seems like the CDC thinks people are their property. Have you noticed lately? But thanks to Judge Mazel, thousands of travelers were given this announcement aboard their flights Monday night. Here's a couple of them. It's over immediately. Congratulations. <laughs> Judge, overturning the mask mandate. My company, my company announces at this moment, if you choose to, you may remove your mask. And of course, the media reaction has been over the top. Just because this ruling was made by a judge doesn't mean that suddenly the science has changed. What we saw was a legal decision, not a public health decision. Perhaps that's the mark of an inexperienced judge. I don't think this ruling makes a lot of legal sense. It's not only not the right time, it's a little early, but it's not even the right manner in which these mandates were overturned. This is a legal ruling. It is not a scientific ruling. Did announcing the end of the mask mandate literally in the middle of the flight kind of let those a-holes win? Yeah, so what is the what is the actual point they're making here? Uh, it's not a very good legal decision, or it's not a science decision, or it's based on legal and not science. And what does anything have to do with science these days? Because there's because the science keeps changing. It keeps changing. Well, the science says this, and then you hear, you know, Fauci's changed his mind on, on all these things. And when it comes down to it, if you're going to get COVID, you're going to get COVID. And then they find out that 75% of the people they said died of COVID died with COVID, not, not from COVID. They didn't die of COVID. They died with COVID. So they died of something else. So this whole thing has been a, has been a big farce. And of course, when it comes comes down to then CNN's here's here's what CNN's own medical analysis, Dr. Leanna Wynn said this week: planes have not been a major source of virus spread even before masking requirements. The ventilation on airplanes is quite good and more frequent air exchange than most office buildings. The HEPA filters they have are on par with the ones used in hospitals. Well, let me give you my comment on that. I got COVID. Where did I get it? From the hospital. You know, Don and I, Don and I, Don was in the hospital for four days when she had her ablation on her heart, which saved her life. And then they kept her in there for four days. And of course, everybody bitched about who wasn't, who wasn't vaccinated and everybody in the hospital supposedly was vaccinated. And then we, then we went home and uh, a week later tested positive for COVID. We're not around that many, that many other people. Cause we go to the office and people don't come in the office that often. And my wife stays at home most of the time, especially when she's not feeling well. And, but she got COVID and I got COVID. I don't know if she got it first or just tested first. So, but I was in there most of the time with, with, with her while she was in the hospital. So where do we get COVID? I don't know from the hospital. And my experiences before COVID ever, ever, uh, ever existed was, Every time I flew on a plane, I got a scratchy throat or a cough or I got something from the plane every time. And then people start going, well, you know what? If you take a uh, Neosporin and, and, and coat the inside of your nose before you get on a plane, that helps. Or you get airborne 
airborne and uh, that stuff, the little tablets you throw in a glass of water and it makes like fizzy lemonade and take that before you go on a plane. So this was a problem before COVID because you're locked in a big aluminum tube, but it doesn't seem to have uh, changed anything because of the air exchanges. So, and so apparently what is, what is the science? What is the legal stuff? Hey, you know what the bottom line is, uh, you know, if you believe in God and that you're and and you and everything in your life is pre is preordained, there's a date for you. Then what are you afraid of? Anyway, I could go on and on with this soapbox, but let's not let's not forget that exactly one year ago when we still had schools closed because there was no way to keep kids six feet apart. The Lord God, Tony Fauci, seemed clueless as to where the CDC's six feet apart rule for social distancing came from. Meanwhile, the rest of the world was already going by the rule of three feet. There's this new study from researchers in Massachusetts. It found no significant difference in coronavirus spreading in schools where there was six feet of distancing versus three feet of distancing. But that six foot requirement, that's one of the main hurdles to reopening schools. Right. Does this study suggest to you that three feet is good enough? It does indeed. And that's exactly the point I'm making. What the CDC wants to do is they want to accumulate data. And when the data shows that there is an ability to be three feet, they will act accordingly. Any mayors or governors or school uh, district heads listening right now, if they hear you right now and they say, well, it sounds like Dr. Fauci thinks three feet is good enough, that will enable us to open our school. That's that's right. Well, Jake, I don't want to get ahead of, fi- of official guidelines. Doesn't want to get a whole. Uh, uh, doesn't want to get ahead of official guidelines. The officials, the officials making the guidelines say they're taking the the information from you, but you don't want to get ahead of the f- official guidelines. So we don't want to say. You know, it seems like seems like Fauci is like the is just goes where the wind blows. Depending on whatever the whatever the the subject of discussion is, he just goes along with that. And so hey. I am the science, he tells everybody. Hey, if people that are are protesting me, they're protesting science because I am science. Except for there's no consistency. If the data says something, it says something. It doesn't say whatever whatever uh, changes in the conversation. And according to Portillo's uh, in Moreno Valley, where I drove through and got a, a, che- a double cheeseburger the other day, and if you haven't haven't uh, tried them, they're the best double cheeseburgers on the face of the earth in my opinion but the uh, other than Don's that she makes at home they say the social distancing is is 12 Italian uh, Italian beef sandwiches so uh, that equals 6 feet so but anyway hours after the announcement the White House communications office released a statement calling an end to mass on planes disappointing so naturally Peter Ducey asked Circleback Saki about this Hypocrisy, considering the White House lifted the mask mandate for reporters on White House grounds over a week ago. What about this mask ruling out of a federal court in Florida? That it's a disappointing decision, and you say you continue to recommend that people wear masks. <laughs> Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks? Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. These determinations, remember the masking guidance is there are is green, yellow, and red. We are currently in a green zone in Washington, D.C., so they're not recommending it. Yeah, that's uh, the science, green, yellow, or red. And, uh, you know, if the CDC says it's, it's green, then it's green. And if they decide to say it's yellow, but what are they basing that on? 
They just want to control our life. So if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with BS. That's uh, that's the uh, that's the White House way. And as for the president, it sounds like he never spoke with his press office about the ruling before giving his opinion. President, should people continue to wear masks on planes? That's up to them. Are you going to like to appeal the ruling uh, or the ruling that the judge made striking down the mandate? I haven't spoken to the CDC yet. Yeah, he's not sure. He's just, uh, you know, that that's the thing about Trump. You know, Trump had an opinion and he said his opinion. And there was no there was no difference between the White House, you know, what what the rules were coming out and what his opinion was. If his opinion was, hey, we need to do this. And that's that was there was consistency. And if you asked him a question about any inconsistency, he had a, he had an answer for that. Biden doesn't know until somebody tells him. Biden doesn't know what he thinks until somebody tells him what he thinks. Hours after Biden said this, his own Department of Justice said it would be a, appeal the judge's decision if the CDC says masks are still necessary. And on Wednesday, that's just exactly what happened. So anyway, I'm all out of time for uh, part one of the main event. I'll talk about this more and everything, everything else that doesn't make sense in this country. After five minutes of weather, traffic, sports, and commercials, don't go away. Welcome back to part two of the main event. Yes, it is too hot to sleep. There's too much stuff going through my brain. I'm sure it's. I'm sure you. I'm sure you guys feel the same. Can't can't turn off the. Can't turn off my brain at night. Can't sleep. Nothing makes sense. I think about it for a little while, then I come up with a come up with a show to to uh, try and uh, illustrate that to you guys and try to make some sense of it, or at least point out the. The nonsense that's going on in this country. It's really scary. You know, it's really scary when you think about it is, is where are we going? You know, we had, we had things going really good. The economy was going crazy. Uh, people were making money. Life was good. The, the, uh, we were energy independent. The, the, the Southern border was, was controlled. And then came COVID and then the government wanted to show us how they could control us. And did they make give us any explanation? No, they just scared us into staying at home. And they told us we had to wear masks. And now you see now you still to this day see people driving around in their cars alone with masks on. I see people walking in the outdoors with masks on. And you know what kills kills COVID? The outdoors. So why are you wearing a mask outdoors? Happily, enough of us are have had enough, and now the mask mandates are gone. But the government's trying to keep them, keep putting them back on. We're paying seven dollars a gallon for gas. the The southern border this morning, Friday morning, I hear that we lost a uh, we lost a uh, border patrol agent who drowned in the Rio Grande trying to save an illegal alien who's coming over. How many people? How many? How many Americans have to die before it's too much? Should be one. Then I find. Then I hear about this lady who got uh, stabbed to death 50, 50 sometimes. Uh, this fifty-one-year-old lady in Queens, New York, and then they find out that that guy's an illegal alien. Why are we opening? Why do we have the southern border open? All the Hispanic people that I know 
are against illegal immigration. They say, "Hey, I'm here legally and I'm not and I don't want to I don't want the border open." So what is what is the deal here? What is the object of the game? Biden's been in office for 18 months and our country is falling apart. We're on the we're on the verge of of a world war. Grocery store shelves are are getting sparse. The gas gas is, is crazy high. No, but we're not going to raise taxes. What do you call that? When people of all income levels have to pay $7 for a gallon for something that used to be 2 bucks. Something's wrong. And I know in the other states it's not 7 bucks. It's about 3 and a half or 4, but it used to be a buck and a half or 2. There's no there's no uh, there's just no logic to this. Too hot to sleep now. There's just no you know trying to make sense of things. So anyway, let's talk about let's talk about immigration indecision. Some more some more of uh, Biden's uh failure to lead. You know, real leaders make decisions, but Joe Biden can't seem to make any decisions. The latest example comes this week with a report that Biden is considering delaying the the May 23rd end of Title 42, the CDC order used to deport migrants in the name of public health. From Axios on Tuesday, President Biden's inner circle has been discussing delaying the repeal of Title 42 border restrictions, according to a source with direct knowledge of internal discussion. Biden officials recognize that they're in a jam. Moderate Democrats are pounding on them to de- to delay the appeal. In other words, don't op- don't don't open up the the border even wider. But doing so would inflame the party's progressive base. That includes members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, which the Congressional Hispanic Caucus is supposed to represent their Hispanic their Hispanic citizens that they represent. But all the Hispanic people that I know that are here legally that are citizens are against illegal immigration. So I don't understand what that's why that's happening. And the and the Congressional Hispanic uh, Caucus are scheduled to meet with the president next Monday. So who knows who knows what's going on? Somebody needs to tell the president what his decision is before he can make one. A full reversal of the decision to end Title 42 is far less likely than a delay. Reversing the decision would effectively force the White House to overrule the CDC. So the CDC comes out with a rule in order to uh, in order to cancel that. So the CDC comes out with a rule saying, "Hey, we need to hold people back because of a health health issue." And then the title, then the CDC comes out last week with the thing saying, "Hey, we don't think this is an issue anymore." So the so in order for the, the White House to to stop the repeal of Title Forty Two, they have to overrule CDC, who's the one that put on the Title Forty Two to begin with. We know this White House will never do anything to overrule the CDC. Case in point, our first story, they're appealing the judge's ruling on masks because the CDC wants them to. So whatever uh, CDC says needs to be enforced. But why would they delay the end of Title 42? After all, we just learned from the head of the Border Patrol Union that migrants from the Northern Triangle countries, i.e. Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, are no longer being expelled with Title 42 Apparently, agents are now only using it to expel Mexican migrants. Hmm. Why is that? Is this a health health issue or it's not a health issue? It's a health issue for for Mexican people, but not for Honduran people, El Salvadorian people, or Honduran people, uh, Guatemalan people. I don't know. what where Where is the science here on these health decisions? According to Axios, here's the Biden administration's reason to delay. 
The White House is looking for ways to buy time to avoid a massive influx of migrants that would add to already historic border numbers. That already endangers Democratic incumbents in states that could decide the Senate majority in November. Oh, so this is political. Shocking. But not according to the White House. In fact, Circleback Saki has not even admitted that the delay is even being considered. Is the president or are you guys having discussions with advisors about delaying the removal of Title 42? Well, I would, again, remind everyone, Title 42 is not an immigration authority. Um, it is a public health authority. Congress gave the CDC authority to make determinations about when it should be lifted. So right now, we are planning and preparing for the end of Title 42 enforcement on May 23rd. But I would say that there are a range. The president agrees that immigration in our country is broken. It's a system that is broken. There are a range of ideas out there in Congress, Democrats, Republicans, others, some who support a delay of Title 42 implementation, some who strongly oppose it. Uh, and there are a range of other ideas of reforming our immigration system. This would all require congressional action. We're happy to have that conversation with them. Wait a minute. Didn't circle back Saki just talk in circles? Didn't she start by saying that Title 42 is not immigration, it's health? And then she continued her statement to tell how, uh, how we need to fix immigration. Hmm. Can you see where this nothing makes sense anymore? You know what? Hey, why are, why are, we, uh, why are we putting up a wall on the southern border? Well, we're putting up a wall because... The people coming over, we don't know who they are, and the border patrol can can keep control of it if we have a wall. And even though that, uh, even though we're still going to let people migrate into our country, we're going to make them check in at the at the door. We're going to find out who they are, and we're going to decide who comes in and who doesn't. That's how Trump explained it. Hey, you know, there's the people coming across the border are not the the best and brightest from from Mexico or the southern uh, southern uh, countries from there. We're getting all kinds of bad people coming over. We want to stop that. But with the Biden administration, it's all just talking in circles. Guess that's why he's got circle back sake. You know what? I think I think it's uh, par for the course that Saki's uh, leaving the the White House press secretary position to go work for PMS NBC because that's kind of how everybody on uh, that station talks. Just nothing makes sense. You know, was it was this a scientific decision or was it or it was a legal decision, not a scientific decision. But wait a minute, this is a even a bad legal decision. Or oh, but they didn't even look at the science. But the science says this. Oh no, the science says something else. Of course, it's hard to get a straight answer on Title 42 from the White House when the president himself doesn't understand the questions about it. Here he is Thursday thinking thinking he's been asked about the mask mandate, then switching back to Title 42 midway through his answer. President, on Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my uh, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. Because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. Hmm. Did he just get the mask mandate and Title 42 mixed up? There's an appeal of the, uh, they're going to do the legal, the Justice Department is going to appeal the, 
the uh, is it the mask mandate or is it Title 42? Is Title 42 a health issue or is it a legal issue? Is it immigration or is it health? This is the guy who's running our country. Or this is the guy who's supposed to be running our country. We don't really know for sure who is running our country. This guy is is lost. He doesn't know he doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't know what time it is. This is scary. We can't last another another 30 months. And and then if we and then if if we get rid of him before his first term's up, we get Kamala Harris. Is that is that any better? I don't think so. Meanwhile, af- actual refugees from Ukraine are coming over the southern border because they know it's their only surefire way in. Hmm. I guess it's not just refugees coming across because people in Ukraine know, hey, if you want to, we're, we're escaping to Poland and some other countries, and then we're getting on a plane and flying to Mexico and just coming across. According to new data released Monday, border agents detained more than 5,000 Ukrainians at U.S. borders. Uh, in March, and that includes the southern border as well as at airports, as well as the Canadian border. Over 3,000 of them were at the U.S.-Mexico border. And the annual spring caravans from Central America and Mexico that we deal with every year now are continuing their march toward the borders as well. So what's the borders are Kamala Harris been doing to address the root causes of immigration lately? Here's the answer from the White House. Does the president still have confidence that the vice president can get to the bottom of root causes of migration? He absolutely does, and uh, and is grateful for her work in doing exactly that. Why? Why does he have confidence? Or should I should I give you an well, update so on a couple the of the things we've done? What, what? So we've been working with source and transit com- uh, countries in the region to facilitate the quick return of individuals who previously resided in those countries, as well as to stem migration in its state. Some of that is uh, getting agreements with partner countries on migration-related matters, and that's something that the vice president has been deeply engaged with. I'd also note that Secretary Mayorkas, who of course has worked with her on this, traveled to Costa Rica recently, where he joined uh, the president uh, of Costa Rica in announcing a bilateral migration agreement. And we also are maintaining a close partnership between the government of Mexico and the United States to send irregular migration. So there, what addressing root causes means is working with countries in the region uh, to have partnership, be able to have people sent back uh, to the region as needed. Addressing root causes? is what it's about address it's it's about working with the other countries i thought i thought uh uh addressing root causes hey i thought she was supposed to be addressing and figuring out what the root cause is what is the root cause what is really what is really the reason that people want to come to america why are people in caravans coming over why are they paying these coyotes why are they tra- uh, uh, paying these these mules all this money to get them across the border or to get them to the border where they can just walk across why is that? Hmm. Is it because everything's free in the United States? Is it because Biden announced that the border's open? Is it because, you know, hey, I'm in Mexico and things aren't as good here. They, they, I have to work every day. And if I go to America, I get free health care and free food and free housing. And uh, they'll even uh, put me on a bus and take me to, if I just get to the border, they'll take me to where I want to go, where I have some relatives that are legally in the United States. And I'm gonna, they're going to they're gonna ship me over there or put me on a plane if it's too far to sit on a bus. I don't know. What is the root cause? 
It's a, it, and then talk about, hey, uh, Secretary Mayorkas is, uh, and, uh, and, and Kamala Harris, which I'm sure she didn't go, uh, met with the people in Costa Rica. Costa Rica people aren't coming here. Americans are going to Costa Rica. I have a, uh, a client uh, who's a uh, very well-decorated, retired military guy, and he's asking me if I can finance in Costa Rica because he wants to buy a house down there. Hmm. Costa Ricans don't want to come here. Americans want to go there. I can tell you, uh, Don and I went to uh, to Australia during the uh, during the uh, uh, Obama administration. And when I came through, uh, when I came through customs, uh, the guy goes, uh, "Okay, are you coming here on business or pleasure?" And I said, "Well, it's pleasure. Of course, while we're down here, I'd like to look at." I like to check out some real estate in case our uh, in case our country, you know, swirls around and actually flushes down the toilet more than what it is. So I'm looking I'm looking for uh, you know other options to the United States. He goes, well, what if we don't want you here? I go, well, then I guess I'm screwed then. So, uh, but you know what? Uh, uh, people people go to Costa Rica to leave the United States. Costa Rican people aren't don't want to come here. So, but that's how they're that's how they're uh, addressing the root causes, and I love how how uh, Peter Ducey said, uh, "Does the president still have confidence in her?" And he goes, "Yes." And he goes, "Why?" Apparently, nobody thought that was funny except for me. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, Biden running in uh, 2024. As if, despite the dismal approval rating, 38 percent now, according to last week's CNBC poll, and remember we talked about a. Uh, uh, was it the Quinnipiac poll? One of the other polls, uh, last week or the week before, and it was 42%. Now it's 38% on the CNBC poll. I still want to know who those 38%, how can anybody see what Biden's doing and, and say they approve of his job? Who is that? Do they have, uh, do they have, uh, bots that do that too? Spam bots that answer these polls and say, Hey, they just created these bots that will, uh, that will answer these polls and say, yeah, we approve. Oh, 100%. He's doing a great job. Sure. Despite his dismal approval rating, 38%, according to CNBC poll. Remember, one of the other polls was 42% last week. And rampant rumors about his mental faculties. I don't think they're rumors. I think we all just see it. Joe Biden has reportedly committed to running again in two years from the Hill on Tuesday. President Biden told former President Obama that he's planning to run for re-election in 2024. What else would he say? What else would he say? And and uh, who has any who has any inklings that the Democrat, even the Democrats, would even give him the nomination? I mean, even even Democrats are now having buyer's remorse. Biden wants to run, and he's clearly letting everyone know. Said one of the two sources familiar with the conversations between Obama and Biden. You know, I don't believe Obama believed he should run the first place and I don't believe he uh he thinks he should run again. I think Obama is kind of embarrassed to be around him. During a press conference in Brussels last month, he told reporters he'd be very fortunate to run against his rival in the last election, former President Trump. The source said that Biden despite his faltering approval ratings, remains the most likely Democrat candidate to defeat Trump. Well, he didn't defeat him the first time. And he thinks he's and and they th- they say that he's the most likely Democrat to defeat him. I wonder if any of the Democrats that got out of the race 
uh, because because uh, Bernie Sanders was going to get the uh, nomination. If not, when it went to the when it went to the Democrat voters, Bernie Sanders was beating everybody. So if you remember, they all got out at once. You know, within a week, uh, within a week, you had all these people getting out and say they're going to endorse uh, Joe Biden. I wonder if any of those people have have uh, regrets on doing that after seeing what we got. And of course, uh, rumors say that. Uh, they're saying that Bernie Sanders said if Biden doesn't run, run for re-election, that he's going to run again, a third time. Hey, Bernie, Bernie, you're 80. You're two years old. You're two years older than than Mr. Magoo, and haven't you figured out the Democrat Party is not going to let you get get nominated? They're just not going to let you. It's just not going to happen. Do you figure that Joe Biden really beat you, or that everybody got out because the Democrat Party was was scheming against you all at once. And some have expressed worries about the sparse field of Democrats who who can run against Trump if Biden doesn't. And I don't doubt that. The article quotes Democratic strategists. Biden is the best choice, but there's concern that the Democrats don't have a strong bench. He argued that the Democrats aren't doing enough to groom Kamala Harris to be the next standard bearer of the party after Joe Biden leaves office. Is she being used to push out the Democrats' messaging effectively in key areas? A lot of Democrats don't see it. No, no, that, that's not surprising. That's not surprising that they don't see it because she can't say anything that makes any sense. Another anonymous source says, people think she has no shot, which means they have to keep Biden as the guy. I don't know why they would think she has no shot. Here's another quote from a private DNC fundraiser that Kamala Harris did at her home in Brentwood this week which was attended by filmmaker J.J. Abrams, TV producer Ryan Murphy, and the head of Walt Disney TV division and about 30 other donors. And here's what she said. Yeah, it costs more money at the pump, and we need to deal with that. We need to acknowledge it, but we also need to keep with our program around making it easier to get by day to day, which means, again, going back to childcare, which means bringing down the cost of living, which means looking at what we can do to and should do in terms of investment in affordable housing, what we should do in terms of bringing down the cost of prescription drugs, the same old BS, the same old BS. You know, the, that word salad from her 19-minute speech raised the DNC $1 million. So they had 30-some people, 30-some people at her house, and that line of BS got them to shell out $1 million. Do you think that there's some people in this country that have more dollars than cents? Think about it. Right before that event, Harris spoke to the troops at Vandenberg Air Force Base. And what was her topic? Space norms. I am pleased to announce that as of today, the United States commits not to conduct destructive, direct, ascent, anti-satellite missile tests. I believe without clear norms, we face unnecessary risks in space. The United States will continue to be a leader in order to establish, to advance, and demonstrate norms for the responsible and peaceful use of outer space. Oh, really? You know, when uh, Trump when Trump created the Space Force, I think it was to use space to defend our country. 
You know, it's one of the military. You know, you got the Army, Navy, uh, uh, Air Force, and Marines, and the Coast Guard, and then he created the Space Force. Maybe that was for so we could defend our country in uh, in ways that technology would allow. Because we know that Russia and China have these hypersonic rockets that can drop nukes on us, and they go into the they go into outer space and can do it from there. And Trump said, "Hey, we need a Space Force," but you know what? Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris thinks all we have to do is is write new laws for to establish space norms, so that it, all the other countries will uh will not consider sending up rockets to take out satellites. Hmm. And what and what gives what qualifies her to make these announcements? Well, don't you remember the head of the, who the head of the Space Council is? I wonder who the head of the Space Council is. Are you oh, kidding? The head president. of the Space Council is the vice president. Yes, it's Kamala Harris. She's the she's the head of the Space Council. She's the head of the Space Cadets, more like. So you know what? This is this is how this is how our country's being run, folks. This is how our country's being run. You know what? Outer space. What did Elon Musk do there? He put up he put up all these satellites called Starlink. So at some point, nobody can take down the internet. You know, and when when Ukraine was getting all their uh, all their uh, their sites being bombed, and uh, and they were in they were in uh, in jeopardy of not having internet, so they couldn't communicate with the outside world. He turned on Starlink in in the Ukraine. That's what using space is, is supposed to be about. That protecting our country and uh, from uh, from our enemies, which is essentially all the government's really in charge of, is protecting us from enemies and enforcing the laws. Not to uh, control us and put masks on us and and tell us what we can do, what we can't do, and where we can go, where we can't go. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name is Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week.